Hey ladies, it's Ashley, and you're listening to the podcast Penthouse to Pentecost. God, we just thank you so much for Kayla. We thank you um, just for this divine appointment, Lord, and that you're going to use this conversation. We just ask that you anoint our words, that you would fill each of our rooms with peace, and we would just feel your presence and that you would be the loudest voice in this conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you could start by just introducing yourself and just tell a little bit about what you do for work. Okay, so my name is Kayla, and I am currently a stay-at-home mom and almost like an empty nester mom because my my baby went to school last year. And so it's been different because I've been home for 10 years with my kids, like nine, nine, nine years with my kids. And so now it's like a whole new world. Like I can decide what I want to do with my life for those little short six hours of my day that I'm by myself. But um, I actually felt so nervous going into that time of my life where I didn't have anybody at home. I like had anxiety. I was struggling. Like, what am I doing with my life? My kids are in school. I should be productive. I felt like people came out of the woodwork asking me like to do things all of a sudden, like they knew I was, you know, didn't have kids at home. And um, I felt like through a mentor um, really clearly the Lord telling me to take a year off and just listen and just be and just kind of rest in a way. And it's been so great. And I thought my life was going to be so boring with my kids gone. And actually I feel more busy now than when they were here. And so um, I don't have a lot of intentions of going back to work, but I am involved with an organization that helps with sex trafficking awareness. So I do that, and I also am volunteering with a shelter that houses foster children. So I do that as well. So really cool. Um, But I do have three kids of my own, all girls, and they are in seventh, fourth, and first grade. So keeps me busy. Yeah, that is busy. Um, so the organization that you help with or um, for sex trafficking, what is that place? It is called Heart for Freedom, and it was founded by my friend who feels like there's not an awareness and education going to young people about the dangers of sex trafficking and how easy that can be a part of their lives and or just knowing somebody else that could be in that position and being aware of that. So um, it's almost a year old, and we've just been having, like, we've hosted conferences to help young people people understand, partnered with people in our community and other organizations, and we're actually getting ready to do a huge fundraiser, um, like a fall family festival. And the goal of all this is to not just bring awareness, but eventually have um, a resource center for people coming out of sex trafficking. So jobs, housing, um, education kinds of things like that that's awesome so it's just in the beginning stages but it's so fun some friends of mine their my, of mine their parents just um, purchased a property in an old victorian house from like 1900 they are rehabilitating it 
because they've just been approved through the state to take in foster children, and it's kind of like a gathering home. The purpose of it is to hold up to 10 children, foster children, that can stay with their siblings. So that's the, the push behind it is like everything else has been ripped out of their lives. Let's at least at least keep them with their siblings. And so uh, that is also in the works, and we are on the cusp of taking in children. So I'm really excited about that. I love that. That is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So did you used to be a teacher? I was. I was a um, teacher for eighth and ninth grade. I was only a teacher for three years before I decided to stay home. And what drove that decision? Um, I always wanted to be a mom first. Yeah. In fact, when and I went to school, I went to college, and then I went to get my graduate degree in counseling. And the options were like, you know, Obviously, the degree would be in counseling, but would you like to specialize in, like, psychotherapy, marriage and family, or school guidance counseling? And I literally picked school guidance counseling because I wanted those three months off with my kids. My brain was just always wired that I wanted to be a mom. I just wanted it to be. And I felt like that was a little unacceptable for a lot of people to hear. You know, my goal in life is to be a mom, you know, which was better than my goal in fourth grade. I wanted to be a waitress. So... This was this was a higher calling for sure, um, but I felt like I still had to do something else. I feel I don't know what this push behind me. Nobody ever told me that, but I just had this feeling I had to do something else. And so I actually went into school guidance counseling. Ended up teaching school, but just always wanted to be home and be a mom. Yeah. And so um, it felt like a real calling. And I, when I expressed that to my husband, like I just really feel like this is what I want to do and I'm supposed to do. And uh, he's like, well, let's make it happen. So we literally downsized, cut out a lot of bills um, and pleasures so that I could stay at home. So just knew I always wanted to do it. And now it, the funny thing is, now that my kids are in school and I could go back to doing that or actually use my degree, um, I almost feel like God nudging me in a different direction, which is interesting too. But that's what yeah. faith is, right? Just waiting for that next nudge. <laughs> yeah, along for the ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when your kids started school, um, did you feel like a push towards homeschooling them at all? Or You know, that's funny. My husband like was always like, we're going to homeschool the kids. And I'm like, we, we really, we um, <laughs> doubt that. We are that not sounds like Tim and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like a no-go for me. Not going to happen. My husband and I both have public school educations. We firmly believed in that. We turned out just fine. Um, I taught in a public school. I felt confident in that. And so homeschooling was never even really on my radar whatsoever. So my children, I did keep my eldest at home. I did preschool with her. But as soon as she hit kindergarten, I sent her to a public school. That's what, That's kind of where we're at, too. Um Gracie just started kindergarten, and I do keep Nora with me because preschool is not free. <laughs> it's not free. And um, my whole thinking, you know, back to, like, just wanting to be a mom is that, like, those years are, like, five, five years out of their big life, you know, and I really wanted to keep them home with me as long as possible. <laughs> Selfish reasons, totally. But 
I just didn't want to give. And I knew, I knew in my brain from the very beginning, as soon as I send them to school, time is going to fly. Time yeah. is going to fly. And like part of me like loses a little bit of them, you know, because school yeah. is time consuming. And it's also, um, for lack of a better term, like brain consuming for them, you know, somebody influences now, them now outside of myself. And right. I was nervous about that. And so that was another reason I kept them home. <laughs> That's understandable too. And you grew up in church, right? I did. Yes. I had that great and, privilege. <laughs> and your dad is a pastor, right? He was, yes. Yeah. He's now retired. Yeah. That's awesome. And your brother is actually my sister-in-law's pastor. I know. Small world. It really is. That's very cool. He's a great pastor too. He is. We we enjoyed visiting that church, um, and Tierra loves him so much. So your kids have always been in church too. And do you do they go to public school or do they go to private school? My kids started out in public school, and then during COVID, so school year 2020-2021, I homeschooled them back to saying I would never do that, and then. Um, Last year, we put them in private school. And what was the, um, what changed? What changed? Um, I think with, a, like, a lot of people, I wouldn't say just myself and Brandon, my husband, but um, COVID really opened our eyes to some discrepancies in the school system. Mm-hmm. For, again, for lack of a better term, the grooming process that education department has taken towards our children for decades now and it just wasn't really out there so things kind of showed um showed us that there was like a full-on attack against our kids and against the family and um that just began to plague us and we don't want our kids to be subjected to that anymore so it was kind of like back to the beginning when we made major sacrifices for me to stay home with our children. Um, I was pregnant with my second one the year I decided to stay home. Uh, now we're now we're doing that again. Sacrifices to to pay for private Christian school. Yeah, for three kids now. Three kids now. Big difference. That, that is a lot. <laughs> we have one in in private school. And it was um, very similar to you. Tim really wanted us to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, me, you, you mean me? You want me to become a teacher now? Yes. And and our kids are like, um, well, we have Trey, who's going to be a year on Tuesday. And then uh, Nora, who is four. And then Gracie just turned six. And then we have Jackson also, who's my stepson. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. You know, that's a... I don't even know how to get my brain to understand how I would homeschool children back to back like that. You know, I didn't think I could ever homeschool, but I could. So if I want to say that because if somebody's listening and that's an option for them, you can do it. There's yeah. so many resources. There's so many groups. There's so much help. There's so, so many good curriculums out there. Like you can do it. Um, you're just going to, it's just a job. It's just knowing yeah. that you have like another job that you do during the day and um, that you, know, you have to stay organized and plan, but it can be done. And if that's an option for you, I mean, 
Why not give it a try? You know, just give Absolutely. it a try. <laughs> when I was looking into it, because I, I really wanted I really wanted to be that mom and I really wanted to do that because, you know, Tim was like, I want, I want you to do this. And I wanted to honor him and I wanted to do, you know, if this is what he feels is right. Like I'll, and also looking at the school system and it's a little crazy, you know, like some of the stuff that's going on, some of the things that I'm hearing um, is a little out there compared to, to our beliefs. And um, when I was looking into it, I always think that school has to be like, a desk and sit down and very structured, but there's fun ways that you can homeschool that do not involve sitting at a desk at all. You know, you can go outside with your kids. If they want to learn about baking, you can do math, art, (laughs) all the things about baking, which is, that sounds like fun. It sounds like some of the stuff we already do for fun, you know? True. So you're right. It can be done. Is your, is the private school that your kids go to Christian? It is, yes. It and is so they have, like, Bible classes and stuff? They do. They all have Bible class. It's um, interwoven into um, a lot of their curriculum as well. So they are getting Jesus, and they, they're getting the Word every day, which is something that is really been such a beautiful aspect of it, and I'm truly grateful. And they come home singing songs, and they learn Scripture, so it's it is such a big blessing. That has been the biggest blessing out of it all, actually. I love that. Um, I'm friends with some of the teachers at Gracie's school, and they'll send me pictures of her like at the altar praying, and I love that so much. Or when when they're like teaching me stuff, you know. Yes. Looking back at the school system that you grew up in, um, I know you had mentioned that the enemy essentially had already infiltrated the school system back then. It's been going on for decades. So what do you think has changed now? Or do you, you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I, I think two things that really come to mind of the biggest difference between school now and school then is um, the attack of like the identity. Mm. Um, I really think that students today are under enormous pressure con- considering identity, whether yeah. that be gender, um, just identity of who they are, their worth. Um, that seems to be the greatest difference, I think, from when I was in school. So I graduated from school 20 years ago, high school 20 years ago. So if you think back, during my elementary, middle, and high school age, there wasn't this all-out assault, I really feel like, um, on children concerning trying to find who they are before their brains have even developed. Like, I just don't even, you know, as a counselor, we, we know that even physically brains haven't fully developed into your, into your 20s. So I just don't understand <laughs> that. So I think that's a really big difference. I also think... Um, this idea around truth, you know, yeah. there's suddenly no like solid truth. We, we really have taught kids to believe what, whatever they say, whatever they feel is their truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't remember seeing that as much back then. If anything, it was like, well, it's the teacher's truth <laughs> and whatever yeah. she says is true. And so, um, 
those are two things I really feel are different than when I was in school. Have you read Mama Bear Apologetics? No, but that is on my list. Somebody else recommended that to me. It's Tell a me about really it. good book. But she mentioned that how um, the word truth is different and how they're um, changing the definitions of words. And, and just like you had mentioned, you know, there's no solid foundational truth. It's like my truth and my, you know, which is confusing to kids. Um, it's confusing to adults too. Yes, but actually, um, somebody gave my daughter a sign, which was totally harmless, but she, it says "follow your heart," and yeah. I'm thinking how scripturally, like the word tells us that our heart is the, the most deceitful of all. You know, right. so don't follow your heart. Follow <laughs> the truth, the person's yeah. truth, right? You know, so yeah. yes, that's good. That is good. Um, seeing as our kids spend a majority of their time in school, are you worried about the influence that teachers and friends and other parents are going to have on your children? I am not worried about my kids, um, but I I would be a hundred percent worried at this point in history right now if they were going to public school. And the reason I say that. Um, well, I mean, you just have to turn on the news, first of all. But second of all, um, right after we moved to South Carolina, I received a text message from a friend that attended the same school district that my girls were attending in Missouri. And it was a picture of a classroom from a middle school, which was really interesting to me because my daughter was going into middle school. Mm -hmm. And on the wall where the windows were of that classroom were flags of organizations that we would not support as a family. Yeah. At all. At all. And there were three of them. And I thought to myself, you know, when you're a parent of an elementary student, you can, you're in the classroom every so often for a party or um, whatever conference with a teacher. But I started thinking how, because I taught middle school, in high school and I didn't have parents in my classrooms at all like they uh -huh. just never you know like they're not little kids aren't little anymore and I was thinking how like I would have never known that those flags were hung up in my daughter's classroom if some mm -hmm. parent hadn't been walking by and snapped the picture that's an excellent so, point I think there comes a point where you don't know what's going on unless you make yourself involved so I would be 100% concerned if they were in public school and the reason why and one of the deciding factors for us transitioning them to a Christian private school is the secrecy behind it and um, there's just so much secrecy I can't believe it um, you know to I think we kind of found out during COVID some school districts being concerned with even like parents overhearing the conversation that kids were having on their Zoom school chats, you know? Right. That's a concern to me, the secrecy behind it. Having those flags up, knowing no other parent was going to be there to see that. Um, they can call your child by a different pronoun, and they don't have to notify you of that. Yeah. You know, this, the secrecy behind it is really straight from the enemy, because that's his yeah. MO, you know, is to keep everything under wraps, put forth a different um, look or spin on something, keeping truth hidden. 
And so <clears throat> that was a very big deciding factor. And um, the good thing is, is that parents, there is hope, <laughs> right? Yeah. So one of the things that I do, even though I feel like my kids are in somewhat of a safe <clears throat> environment, the denomination is different from the church that we attend. So I'm always kind of making sure that what they're learning is also kind of what I see in scripture. Yeah. So open conversations is like the number one thing you have to have with your kids. And it's funny because kids are wired differently and one of them is going to talk and talk and talk and they're going to tell you everything that their teacher said. And then you have some that are quieter and that yeah. don't do that, you know, and those are the ones you got to pull things out of. You have to ask those open-ended questions, not just, did you have a good day? It's tell me what happened when you talked about this in science today. You know, tell me, did you have any encounters or any, any teachers today? What happened there? You know, and just keeping a really open conversation, making sure that they're telling you all those things. Like, you know, my teacher hung this flag up in our school today. Well, we need, we need to talk about that. So I think open conversations with kids, know what friends and teachers are saying at school by asking their kids questions. And I think a really big one <clears throat> is attending board meetings, um, being active. Even if you never say anything at a board meeting or never feel like the Lord is nudging you in that direction to say anything, your presence there speaks volumes to, to the district. You know, just yeah. knowing that you're there, you're saying, I'm here, I'm listening, I'm involved, and I kind of have an opinion. You know, so right. there are things that if public school is the only thing you can do right now, just totally being involved with your kids, asking questions, looking over their materials, attending board meetings, whatever you need to do to make your presence known. Yeah. I think that when when I hear or see other moms standing up for truth, it gives me that like um, strength to, to also do it and be like, yeah, I'm not alone. Because when I'm isolated in my mind, like that's exactly what the enemy wants me to feel like I'm alone. And that, you know, like he makes me feel very small. <laughs> And, and like my voice doesn't matter, but then I hear other moms and, and then it gives us strength to like stand up together. Um, yes. And that book, Mama Bear Apologetics, I can't suggest it enough. I think I'm going to listen to it again. It's so good. For moms that can't afford a public school and at, because they're, you know, for whatever reason, they can't do homeschooling. How do you encourage a, a successful public school education? Yeah. Um. Like I said, attending board meetings, making your presence and your voice known there. Um, nobody has to be hostile. I mean, it's like, right. you're just there. You're just making your opinion known, which is the whole point of the school board meeting anyways, no matter what anybody else says. Um, your kids don't belong to them. They belong to you, and you have yeah. a voice in that no matter what. Um, be, having proactive conversations about truth and untruths. I don't know if that's a word, untruth, but proactive conversations about the truth and just lay it down for your kids. What you heard today, that is not truth because that's not what the word of God says. And this is what the word of God says. Um, so having conversations about truth and untruth, and I would say um, reminding them of who God says they are. I feel like there's just this serious attack on identity for kids. They have to be reminded. They don't know. They don't have any frame of reference. We are the ones that have to protect their minds and their hearts in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. 
for them, you know? And so reminding them of who God says they are. And also, I mean, above all else, just pray. Pray for your kids. You know, prayer is the righteous person availeth much. God desires our prayers. He hears them. He's working on our behalf. He loves your kids more than you do. And he just wants to partner with you, right? To um, And so when we open up and we're praying for our kids on the daily, keeping a prayer list for them, you know, I pray for my kids from any, everything from identity to protection to God, please help them get this project in on time. You know, like all things, just pray for it all. Lay it there before the Lord and then just thank him for it. So you can have a successful public um, education. Oh, and I will add, keep them in church. Keep them in church. There's going to be a point in your kid's life where they don't want to go. And that's where you play the parent card and that trumps them. You say, you know, this is what we do as a family. We let you do a lot of things outside. You get to play soccer. You get to do this. You get to be a part of choir, robotics team, whatever it is. But as a family, this is something we do together. And just always keep them in church. Their spirits soak up so much truth. And um, just being there. God does not let any of his words go out and fall to the ground. They're going to go. Yeah. All right. We do the planting. um, We do the sowing. And he does the growing. I love that. Um, And with the, you know, the public school system and just the world in general trying to to fight for the idea, like our kids' identity and, and trying to form that, like, we have to be intentional about building a biblical identity for them. And that's something that um, a pastor has, has taught us, um, you know, Kavanaugh's give big hugs. And that's what it started with our kids. You know, Kavanaugh's give big hugs and oh, Kavanaugh's go to church on Sunday and on Wednesdays and on Thursdays, <laughs> we go to church a lot. And that's just something that, that we're, we're instilling in them too. And just growing and creating that identity. I think that, and I don't know, I, I, I didn't have a sense of community growing up. And I think that I was always looking for that. And when I, when I did look for it, I looked for it at school and friends and other, you know, peers. And that didn't really lead me down a great path, you know? So I want to make sure that I'm giving my kids that community that I look for um, so that they have that, you know? One thing I also remind my kids is that being a Christ follower um, also requires us to be separate, yeah. which is not a bad thing. And I and I explain to them how it's a good thing. You know, just like God's people and the Word were separate, it was because He was protecting them from all the practices that the people around them that were doing were unhealthy for them. They weren't good for them, and that's why God called them to be separate and do things that may be interpreted as, I don't know, stuck up, or who do you think you are, or whatever, um, goody tissues, I don't know what you would call it. But in retrospect, if you think about it, God is protecting his children. And so when I talk to my kids about how, like, our lives are going to look different because God's called us to be different, which is a really great thing because he loves us and he wants to protect us. And he knows that when we're pursuing him completely, that's where all the blessings and favor flow. And not only will we have blessings from him, but we'll have blessings from others and favor with man and God, the scripture says. Amen. And so I just remind them that we're not called to really look like the world. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's called us to be salt and light. 
And, you know, I think a lot of parents fear that if they put their kids in a public, or I'm sorry, in a private Christian education, that they won't be salt and light. I have a lot to say about that. So I'm just going to say it. First of all, the spirits and the brains of our children are not like ours. Ours are matured, right? And when a God calls us to be salt and light, it's not that I don't want my kids to tell other kids about Jesus, but I can't expect them to be little evangelists because they're still learning. They're still in training, right? Yeah. They have all these stories. They know about all, they know about Noah's Ark. They know about Samson. They know about these things, but they're still trying to figure out how all that works together and God's character and who he is. As yeah. adults who are more mature in the spirit, like we can see that, but they can't necessarily see that yet. And so it's my job as a parent to protect their little spirits right now. Not to just yeah. feed them to the wolves and make them open to all these crazy things. Right. It's to give them a few, whether that be a 12 years of education that is solid and in truth so that they can be the best evangelist when they're ready. Yeah. What about college? Um, I know that we're, you know, we're far from there. Um, is that something that, that you maybe catch yourself like future tripping on? Like, a little bit worrisome about your girls going? Yes. Yes and yes. And actually, my husband is more worried than I am. Um, <laughs> this is something we talk about frequently. So there's a couple of things there. Um, right now, of course, my oldest is only in seventh grade, and I don't know what God's going to do in the next several years as far as our country. But right now, um, I would highly discourage my kids going to any kind of state school. Just um, a couple years ago, I saw an article and it posted pictures of sororities and fraternities and it was like their week to invite people to join. And the things that they said on like on these pictures were just horrific. And I thought to myself, I'm not, I cannot send my kid to that. But besides that, um, that, that scares me. So those scare me. So I'd probably try to get my kids to go to some kind of Christian institution. But even more than that, um, Brian and I both have a college education. That is not going to be something that we are necessarily going to push on our kids. Because I think for so long we did that. And people are good at other skills. You know, who, who am I to say that one of my kids couldn't be really good at cosmetology, you know? Right. And so sometimes I think we force kids to do something that we really just need to kind of hone in and ask the Lord to help us identify their giftings now. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? One thing that I was thinking about is there certain jobs that you have to go to college to get, like becoming a teacher and a doctor, just specifically. And if we think about, like, if we don't send our kids to college and, and they don't become teachers, then we're letting the wrong kind of people teach our yeah. kids in generations, you know? So. Yeah. What would be your suggestion there or your thoughts on that? So you're right. I obviously 
you know, degree for what I was going to do. And your kids will too. And part of that is just asking the Lord to help you tap into their potential and what they plan on doing and what God has set for them. And we need Christian teachers, Christian lawyers, Christian doctors, mm-hmm. pastors, you know, evangelists. Um, we need Christian people in money. We need, there's so, there's in media, everything. Like they, they need Christian people. And in a sense, I think God has taken us to a place where we need to take those things back. Yeah. So I'm all about it. I think if you, if we have partnered with the Holy Spirit, we've done our part over those 18 years, those first 18 years, God is going to seal them for what he has for them. You know what I mean? And so I would be able to send my kid off knowing, hey, God, God has put it on their heart. He's confirmed it to us that they should go into production, you know, TV production. I know he's going to keep them for that. And just continue to pray and trust the Lord. Send them where they need to go. You know, there's schools that are, you know, better for medical reasons, you know, medical jobs or this or that. Send them wherever you feel like the Lord's opening up the door. And he will. He will open the right door. And so, definitely, not saying that it can't be done. I just get really scared thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get it. And um, ultimately, they're not our kids. They're his kids. And that, like, they're my babies right now. <laughs> and thinking of that, like, it, it's like a mental block. It's it's hard to, like, to understand that fully. And I don't know that I, right now, I don't know that I ever will, <laughs> to be honest. It's like a, a hard thing. So what does Bible study look like with your kids? Um, most of our study comes just from conversation, to be honest with you. A lot of what I teach my kids is what I'm learning myself because it's fresh on my mind. When I say it out loud, it's like it goes back into my spirit and I'm really teaching myself about it. And I just don't hold back with my kids. You know, God is teaching me heavy things. And I just, I, it's literally, um, because we're in private school, I drive my kids. And a lot of times I complain about that drive. It's like 25 minutes there, 25 minutes back every twice a day, you know, but honestly it is the best time for me to pour into my kids so either I'm talking through the word with them or or just things that God's teaching me or we're listening to something so we have different podcasts and things that we listen to as well that's just reiterating the word within them and that's pretty much sums it up we don't have a set time at this time I did have something kind of consistent over the summer but to get them up any earlier is just not not going to happen right now. <laughs> so um, most of it's just conversation with, and just making it a part of our life, really. You know, just making it um, almost like in an organic kind of way. But of course, like, fortunately for my kids, they're getting at other places as well. Yeah, that's good. I think it's almost like almost better to have it just an organic conversation rather than it's time to sit down. (laughs) We're going to learn, you know, like I don't want it to be strict. I want it to be like loving and, and um, like attractive to my kids. You know, I want to live in a way where they're like, I want what mom's got, you know? Exactly. And kids will surprise you. I went in to clean um, my daughter's bathroom. She, she's the oldest and her bathroom's away from the other ones. She feels really special, which is good. 
and um, she had scriptures pasted on her mirror where she was memorizing and taking initiative on her own scripture. And I'm like, how, how did she ever think to do that? And then I thought to myself, well, I have scripture on the dryer because that's what I see every day. And I have scripture on my door because when I open my door, I try to say scripture. And so they're already mirroring you. They're already doing what you, but it took me by surprise that she actually did it, you know? Yeah. And so just being an example to them daily is, it's going to speak volumes to them. You know, mom is the same at home that she is when we talk to people at school and when we go to church. And, mom, you know, mom is consistent. And mom is studying and in the word. So if they are seeing you doing it, it's already, it's already going over to them. It's already like your cup is running over to them. I love that so much. That makes me excited for the future. Yes. <laughs> and, yes it makes you me want to be, be better. <laughs> yes. I had a, I have a mentor in my life and she mentored me um, as a mom, really. She used to tell me, hey, let's go for a walk. The good, the air is good for the baby. And I was a mother of one and I was like, oh, thank you. Okay. So we would walk almost every night. And what I didn't realize then that I realize now is that she was just pouring into me how to be a good mom. Like literally just teaching me as we walked every night. And I'm so grateful. One of the things that she did is she had this big jar on her kitchen counter of Oreos and it was never without Oreos. Like I never saw that jar empty. And she kept it there, and literally, we'd be sitting at her counter having coffee or whatever, and kids from the neighborhood would run in and get in that Oreo jar. And they just knew they could come in whenever they wanted, that they could have Oreos. Like, all the neighborhood kids, they'd always be coming in, and she'd just, hey, how are you? And just start having conversations with them, tell them about Jesus, tell them the Lord loved them, and then they'd be gone, take their Oreos, you know, or whatever. And I, so there's just so many just ways to minister to your kids friends and just being the Oreo lady you know I mean, and just just knowing that your place your house is a safe place they can feel it anyways you know just knowing they can come in whenever and um grab some Oreos and sit down and you just build relationships with them it's just so beautiful so I wanted to speak to that and as far as spiritual warfare I think you asked me like but do I feel like spiritual warfare is happening in our school? And I would say 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's this quote that John Piper says, until we believe that life is war, we will not know what prayer is for. Christ clearly shows us in the New Testament that we are always fighting, not against flesh and blood, but but powers of darkness. Everything. This is this is that's what it all really is. Is spiritual warfare, and we're just part of it right now. Otherwise, God wouldn't have said, "Put on the full armor of God." You only put on armor because you're going to war. Or when He told the disciples to occupy until I return. Well, occupy is actually like a military term. You know, to take hold of something, to to fill that position until I return. And so the word really tells us and makes us know that um, we live in a very spiritual setting. And I know you felt it. 
And I know I felt it. We feel that pull. We know that there's a real enemy fighting for our soul. And if there's anything, I believe the enemy's fighting for its children. From conception to adulthood, he is fighting so hard for them right now. And um, so I do believe that our schools are full of spiritual warfare. I heard somebody say, um, you know, the Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God, but it never tells us to take it off. <laughs> I love that. Um, but we have hope in Jesus and and that we're on the winning side. We've already got victory, so we don't need to be afraid of it. We just need to stand up because that's what God calls us to do. And we fight. We fight for our kids and, and for our friends and our loved ones. God is giving us so much authority in this yeah. earth. And the thing is, is that I think the enemy has tried to keep that realization from the church for so long that everybody's just kind of dumbfounded and like just living life lolly dolly. You know, um, it's it's fun to just take our kids to soccer and and to go to their performance and dance and just have birthday parties. But, But the reality is, is that there's this undertone that's so much deeper and the enemy wants to keep that hidden from us. Because he knows we have the authority. He knows that we have the authority over him. Um, and that what we what we decree on earth really is decreed in heaven. And it's just about us believing that we have that authority. And so there is so much hope. God is doing, we, this makes me so excited. We live in one of the best times on earth. And I know it doesn't seem like it right now. But we are getting ready to tap into something so big that God is going to do, like, in our church and in our world and communities that I think we would be flabbergasted if we really knew if, if you don't believe that it's because you're not feeling that if the spiritual warfare is so ramped up because something's on the horizon, you know, God is getting ready to do something big. And so I think we should be encouraged by that. I also believe that the babies being born today are going to be our next world changers for lack of a better word, Um, prophets, evangelists. They're going to be the best teachers, the best judges. You know, the best, I think that's why we try so hard. It's because there's a mandate going out that's getting ready to to take our kids to a level we only wished we could be at. So there is so much hope. It's just declaring life and not darkness. It's Even though we talk about such serious things and what the enemy is doing, let's even talk more about how great God is. You know, let's not give him any more attention. You know, let's just keep on proclaiming how good he is and um, and know that he's already won the victory. You're, you're completely correct. Like, and the enemy knows that too. He's smart enough to know that. He's just, this is just his last, his last stand. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, there's a book called Captivating by John Eldridge. And it's a, have you read this one? Nope, but I know it. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful and it just talks about like how special women are to God and then there's the the male version which is called wild at heart and um it speaks to like the men and then the captivating is for the women but he says um the story of your life is the story of a long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you could be and fears it and um it's so true And, and when we listen to the world we we shut down um what, what God has called for us and, and like, we're called for something greater for something bigger. And, and I just want to encourage people, like you said, talk about, um, just how good God is, you know, uh, 
But I really appreciate you, Kayla, um, talking with me. I'm really excited for what God's doing in your life and, and your girls, and, and that you get to see that in them, you know, writing scriptures. And it is a blessing. It really is. It's almost better seeing your kid's salvation than having your own, you know? Like, I know my, I, I mean, and my girls are little, but I know that they're going to get it. I'm giving them the right tools to equip them to go into this world, you know? Amen. It is such a blessing. It's a privilege, really. Such a privilege to be responsible for their little beings and to raise them in the fear and admiration of the Lord. It's, it's really a privilege. You know, we're in the palm of the Lord's hands. Like, nothing could snatch us out of his hands, but, like, the enemy can make us miserable. And I'm like, you're not going to do this to me. 